everybody. Welcome into another edition of The Sean Show. My name is Curtis. I'm going to be your host tonight, joined by... Josh. And Jordan. So we come to you about two weeks after Coastal Carolina baseball's elimination to the hands of East Carolina. You know, it's it's a regional that was tough. It was competitive. And Coastal Carolina put on a really good show. We talked with EBJ before the regional started and we mentioned how important game one was and we saw that come to fruition here uh coastal drops game one seven to two to virginia and they looked like they were in it the whole time but virginia was just too much um and now you're in a situation where you had to win four straight coastal wins three straight but can't get past east carolina for a second time um, and finally fails. Where are you guys at with this uh, baseball team following this regional and this showing in the NCAA tournament? Yeah, man. It was honestly, from what my original expectations were that we would compete in the regional. But honestly, after that first game, I, I had to adjust it a little bit, just knowing how hard it is to win four in a row and the teams, the pedigree of the teams that were in our region. I mean, you've got a national champion. You've got eight team in the country. So hoping we could win, hoping we could beat Coppin State. And we, we did, but it was a little bit of a sweat. And then kind of go and compete and maybe win another game. But for us to win two more games and beat Virginia the way that we did, never give up, and then the same night turn around and slaughter East Carolina, I mean, it was, it was almost like magical and just a great tournament, what you could probably now call a tournament run. I mean, winning three games, finishing the regional – with a winning record and beating each team in the regional one time. So I couldn't ask for much more. Obviously we would have liked to win the region, but just the heart and the fight out of those guys. It was great to see as a Sean clear. Yeah, absolutely. Just to piggyback on what, you know, Josh was talking about, you know, we, we expected to compete, to see these guys compete and they actually probably exceeded far more of our expectation than we thought of, you know, you know, just thinking back about that first game, you know, I didn't even realize how important it was until Josh explained it to me. But, you know, losing that first game and then coming back and, and fighting the way that they did, you know, a lot of guys came up big on this run. You know, Christopher Rowan Jr. hitting that game-winning, having that game-winning base hit against Coppin State. Um, a lot of key plays from Matt McDermott and Nick Lucky um, all the way through um, when they played Virginia and um, – you know, what a pitching performance by Nick Parker against uh, East Carolina uh, the first time around. But that 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 night, June 5th, is probably going to go down. We tweeted it out. It's going to go down as one of the biggest nights in coastal baseball history just because of the, the magnitude of how the guys had to try to fight, knowing that they had a game earlier against the defending national champs and then having to come can play an East Carolina team that had that were on that was on a 22 game winning streak and beat them to force a pivotal game seven in a sense the next following day. So I'm I'm proud of the way that our team fought and the way that you know everything just panned out. It just didn't go our way going into that last game. Yeah, they put together a heck of a run and and with you guys saying what you're saying I, i'm also a little bit disappointed you know like this this we said it before this team felt a lot like that 2016 national championship team and you know they came up a little bit short but a hell of a season you know 
we talked with EBJ and we talked, you know, in our episode before that about how this season going into that App State series was really up in the air. Was this, you know, had had Gilliam lost the, the locker room? Was this a team that was still competing at a national level? And they showed that they really are. They're still at that level, and they still will be at that level. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited for, for what's to come with this program, but I'm excited for, you know, what this team showed this year and showed how competitive they are and, and how good of a baseball team Coastal Carolina can put together. I think they did the state of South Carolina proud. But with baseball, um, I think we move a, a little bit on to Eric Brown himself. You know, we had that interview. Uh, he deflected the question that I asked him about the draft, which was totally expected. I, I, I didn't expect him to, you know, to give the answer I was looking for there. But, you know, he is one of the top prospects coming out this year. There are a couple mock drafts that have him as a late first. Most have him in the second to third round kind of region. What does that do for Coastal Baseball to have a guy go that high in the MLB draft? Yeah, that's a that's a great point. And prior to this, I think the third round was our ceiling for highest player ever taken by Coastal. So if he's able to scratch into the first round like some mock drafts have him, that would just do wonders for the Coastal Carolina baseball program. And even further on that, it's not like he's some JUCO guy or some transfer that played here for one year no he was recruited by this program brought up by this program stayed with them even through a tough couple years where they didn't make the tournament doing what they were used to do and finished it out as a shauna clear brought us back to the tournament where we should be and and really a program player and really a great guy as well so overall great image for coastal especially if he's able to go first second round that'd be great for the program absolutely i believe i'm just gonna pick yeah, Josh, it'll be great for the program. Um, you know, EB, yeah, he's one of the best I've seen um, in my two years when I was at Coastal um, to do what he did. Um, it's great for Coastal. It, it means that we're doing something great down here in Conway. It means that we're actually putting together um, Coastal in the midst of the conversation of one of the best teams in South Carolina. We've already beaten College of Charleston. We've beaten, destroyed Clemson uh, this year. I mean, the only other team we haven't played yet is South Carolina. They don't want that smoke. But I think they didn't even make the tournament. So, I mean, it's just great for Coastal in general. I mean, it just means that everything is just going great for the institution in general. But I hope EB can can crack into the first round. It would be great for uh, Coach Gilmore and that coaching staff down there to get more recruits to come down and ball at the beach. Uh, for the shots. Yeah, I think this bodes really well for the future of the program, not only this run, but but EBJ putting on, on an MLB cap and showing that this is a program that can develop you into a top baseball player, that can put you into the league, can you know bring you those endorsement deals and those contracts and that money, and, and can really bring a lot of talent uh, to the program with, with his success story and the success story of this team, but Switching gears a little bit here, we come to you a couple days after uh, the Golden State Warriors win the NBA Finals. Ya boy called it. Dead on the money. Warriors in six. I didn't expect it to be that good, honestly. Like, I believed it when I said it, but I didn't expect the Warriors to really be that good, as good as they were anyways. 
And uh, Steph Curry, unanimous finals MVP. What are you guys' uh, thoughts on that? Right, you called it in six. I, I was a little more safe. I gave myself an extra game calling it in seven. But, man, like I said, it was zero games of prior finals experience to 123. And they get up 2-1, the Celtics do. And then we see the experience come into play with the Warriors winning the next three games in a row. Steph Curry was amazing. Andrew Wiggins looked like he finally found the place where his game fits the best and he's able to grow and Klay Thompson wasn't even that good. He wasn't, didn't even look like his former self. But and Draymond didn't even look like his former self until that last game. But it was just – it had a little bit of a different feel to it. Felt like maybe it was because they were playing the Celtics. But a lot of people were even maybe rooting for the Warriors. And they were just fun to watch and a fun team to kind of root for. It felt like they were, in a weird way, the underdog. But, man, shout-out to the Warriors. And shout-out to you for calling it in six. That was incredible. Yeah, big kudos to Curtis for calling that. You know, we we didn't know um, how it was going to pan out, but it definitely panned out the way that Curtis called it. Um, I'm just I'm disappointed in the way the Celtics just played these last, you know, three games. And I know the guys want me to go on a little rant on the Celtics, so I guess I'll I'll go ahead and start on it. Jason Tatum, um, where were you at, man? <laughs> you disappeared on us, man. We don't know where you went. You know, you 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 put that tweet out, that tweet. You put that picture out of you texting the late Kobe Bryant, talking about I got you, and you know the finals happen, and you just disappear, man. Like, and you have all these turnovers in the last game, and all the the games pretty much going forward. Like, you can't expect to beat this team, especially a veteran championship team like the Golden State Warriors. When you turn the ball over the way they did. Um, Marcus Smart, you disappoint me as well. You know, you you claim that you are the defensive player of the year, yet you switch off every time with Al Horford to guard Steph Curry. Like, come on, man. You need to you need to be better than that. I'll give I'll give two people credit. I'll give Jalen Brown credit and I give Al Horford credit. Al Horford probably wins the finals MVP if they, you know, if they win. But all in all, just disappointment. I thought this team had an opportunity to, to knock off one of these, uh, one of the great teams of the past in the Warriors. And now we got to hear from Draymond and Clay all going into October, all into November until the season starts. But um, I have no doubt the Celtics will be back. Um, if they can just get another good piece to come into Boston and help them out they'll have a chance to come back to the finals and the Warriors are still the Warriors and they're the champs. So we have to continue to give them the respect that they earn. So. Hey man, uh, Jason Tatum did exactly what Kobe wanted him to do. He prevented the Celtics from winning a championship. So I think he made the late great Kobe Bean Bryant proud. You know what I'm saying? I was going to say, you kept asking where was Jason Tatum? He was in Andrew Wiggins back pocket. Andrew um, Wiggins went to change and get up in the shower, and he had to dump Jason Tatum out of his pockets before he could jump in, dude. He had him locked down starting game three. Like, it was – they couldn't do nothing. I, I know I picked Wigo for, for finals MVP, and, yeah, he didn't win it, and, and Curry was unanimous. But, man, that dude – you said it earlier, Josh. This is, this is his home. This is where he's going to be real good. And you and I texted the night that – the, the Warriors won the championship and, and I was like, man, this is four times in eight years. 
But not only is it four times in eight years, they're set up real well for the eventual decline of Steph Curry, for Klay Thompson to continue to, to head downhill, for Draymond Green to continue to head downhill. Wiggins is the number one overall pick and finally looks like he deserves to be one. They have James Wiseman coming up. They have Jordan Poole, who Mario was way over his head with that, but, you know, whatever. Way over. Way <laughs> over. But, you know, they got Wiseman coming up. They got Kaminga, who's going to be really good. Like, this is a team that is going to go from one dynasty, and they'll have a couple of years where they're maybe not They'll be in the playoffs, but maybe not championship caliber, and then they'll be right back at it. Like this is, you could see the next twenty years could be dominated by the Golden State Warriors, and it wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, you want to talk about a front office that knows what they're doing and roster construction. A couple of years ago, they low-key tactically had the worst record in the league, and were able to get that number two pick, and then made a few trades to let them get that number four if number. Maybe I think they had the number eight pick last year where they were able to snag Kaminga, who's if if he can develop a little bit more, he's freakishly athletic. He's like Draymond on steroids, or he could be. So the way that they're set up for the future, I mean, shout out to that front office for building a team that will be able to ride Steph, Clay, and Draymond out while they're still able to contribute too, because with these young bucks coming up, they won't even have to do it all. The only thing I worry about is the Golden State's allegiance and, like, loyalty to Steph. And the only thing I'm worried about is if, like, Kaminga takes a couple extra years to develop, if Wiseman maybe doesn't become the player that they thought he was, but he's still really good, that they pull a Cleveland Cavaliers and they move those guys for, like, an established player. You know, and, and you see what happened to Cleveland. Cleveland is kind of okay now. Like, they're getting better, but... When LeBron came in and made those trades and, and said, forget the young guys, we're winning now. So yeah, they got a championship out of it, so you can't criticize them that much. But now, for like years after that, they were terrible. And that's the only thing that worries me is you've got to hold on to these young bucks. You've got to let them develop. And, and you guys have another 10 years of dominance if you just stay patient. Well, y'all y'all seem to – yeah, they the front office has them picked to be – set up for years but we can't ignore the western conference guys we can't ignore what memphis is is trying to do we can't ignore what luca is trying to build in dallas we can't ignore um you know lebron he's still there i don't know how they're going to do laker wise um how they're going to fare we don't know how the Suns are going to fare with Aiden and his contract situation but i think the memphis grizzlies eventually are going to get them i think they're going to get them Eventually, I don't know when, but I think it's going to happen because every time a team starts talking like the Golden State Warriors talk throughout the uh, the championship, you know, Memphis has just been sitting there keeping all the receipts. So I already know they're going to come at them next year. I don't know if they'll get them next year or the year after that, but sooner or later, we, we're going to have to see. We're going to see the, the, the downfall of this, this dynasty. We're going to see Steph Curry and Draymond and Clay, they're all gonna go out probably with four or five, make it more, but and we'll have to wait and see how how things pan out that way. But yeah, they're set up for some years to come, but let's not let's not disrespect the East. Yeah, the West is gonna be competitive for a long time. It's 
the East is finally starting to catch up. There were so many years of West dominance that, you know, young stars like Trey and, and some of the other guys on the East, you know, we, we criticized them in this podcast, but Tatum has the potential to be really, really, really special. You know, I, I know he, he can't, he didn't do it this time, but neither did, did a lot of superstars in their first final. So, you know, not everybody can be, can be MJ. Right. right, you got the defending the finals, the former defending champs too that were missing their one of their star players in these playoffs against the Celtics as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it'll be competitive. It'll be interesting to keep an eye on. But uh, I turn the floor to you guys. Is there anything else you want to hit before we get out of here? Only thing I want to hit on is just again shout out to these baseball guys and really shout out to Coach Gilly for being able to adapt a lot of guys that they brought in this year were from the transfer portal. He recognized the fact that may, I don't know that we've talked about this before. He wasn't necessarily on the hot seat, but there's a certain standard that you expect at coastal. He's made 17 NCAA tournaments over 23 years. Hadn't made in the last two or three that kind of shows that he might've been on his tail end, but goes to the transfer portal, gets Chris Rowan, gets Matt McDermott, who was just today nominated for a gold glove, NCAA gold glove. Um, guys like Cam Guanarena to replace Bradley Ryapel, who left last year, got a bunch of pitchers from the transfer portal as well. So shout out to coach Gilly for adapting while also still recruiting the freshman like he normally does. We've been like, we've seen the baseball team go, in my two years there and, you know, just the excitement to see how they're, how they made this run, you know, going three, three wins in this uh, regional, um, you know, sky's the limit for this team. We're excited to see what they do in the coming years to come. Um, and guys, we're, we're about a little over two months from a season opener against yes, the army. Good. And from what I've been, all the guys are working hard down there at coastal and they're grinding right now. So we're going to see where we end up. Um, you know, bowl game wise this year, I'm excited to get back to Coastal uh, for some games for sure. So I'm ready. I'm excited. Grayson looks healthy. He they say he's throwing again now. So hey, it's it's an exciting time right now for Sean Clear football as well. Underdog mentality this year too again, dangerous. Which is really good. I mean, we saw how much that fueled them in 2020. To have that again, you know, is is super exciting. But uh, yeah, I mean. I, I think that's where we'll sign it off. Um, uh, one last uh, one last note: Fire Cliff Ellis, uh, <laughs> Matt Hogue, get on that uh, ASAP. Um, but with that, uh, I think I go ahead and sign us off. Follow us on Twitter at the Shot Show, on Instagram at Shot Show. <laughs> we'll uh, have some more episodes coming down the pipe. I can't keep my, I can't keep a straight face. Jordan is losing it on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so a uh, little message in there to Matt Hogue, Firecliff Ellis ASAP. So, uh, yeah, so uh, tune in next time, guys. Peace.